Welcome to the What She Said podcast. My name is Candace Sampson. I am currently in the middle of divorce proceedings, working towards my psychology degree, dating for the first time in 20 years, raising three teenage girls, a senior dog, and two guinea pigs. And in the middle of all this, I thought it would be a good time to buy the What She Said media property. What could possibly go wrong? I've been in the trenches with women across Canada for over a decade now, oversharing on the Yummy Mummy Club, Life in Pleasantville, and on all my social media pages, and I totally do it for the gram. And now I'm coming to you on the radio at 105.9 The Region and on this podcast. Apparently, I have a lot to say. So let's get rolling. Laurel Crosley is a speaker, life coach, parent educator, and mindfulness expert. She has over 25 years of family coaching experience supporting parents and children on topics related to stress, worry, and anxiety. Exactly the three things we are all feeling right now. And if you think you're freaking out about COVID-19 and the coronavirus, then you can only imagine what our children are thinking. So it's time that we take a break and we really think about how to calm our children through this crisis. Laurel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Wow. What a, what a crazy, crazy time this is. It's, it's so much news happens now. We get a 24-hour news cycle in an hour sometimes. And so how yeah. do you process all that? Well, it's funny. My daughter just left the house. She's 25. And I hear her and her partner going, yeah, don't forget the Purell. And she comes to the front door. I went, okay, that's going to be our new. Now go have fun. Have a great day. It's going to be, have you got your Purell? Yeah. <laughs> So times are changing. Um, times are changing. Our kids have always been sensitive. They're always, they don't have, well, let's start with, let's talk about uh, the psychosocial development of children. They don't have the cognitive, cognitive abilities that we do as adults to process a lot of this content. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we got to be really careful what we're doing, what we're saying, how we're behaving in front of our kids, because they are intensely intense about us. Intensely well, intense about us. <laughs> we, we, we spoke earlier and you mentioned how, you know, your children would walk in and you didn't think you were behaving any differently, but they would immediately say, what's wrong, mom? Yeah. Because they're so in tune to our moods. Absolutely. Intuitive. They are so intuitive. They haven't been taught not how to be intuitive. And intuition really is our internal guiding system. You know, it's when we feel things in the pit of our stomach, that's because our body, our antiquated brain is, what is it? Our reptilian brain is telling us, ah, we have to do something about this. You know, so it's really, so it's, it's zoned in and alive with kids. We kind of become desensitized as we go through life. Not that we're no longer sensitive, but because we've, we've had so many opportunities to experience all sorts of chaotic things in our, in our lives. So our kids are wide open. They're fresh. So I'll give you, can I show you something that I used to do? So if you hold your hand like this and you touch the back of it. Okay, so for the podcast though, so if you hold your hand flat okay. with the uh, top of your hand up. Yep. 
Okay, and you put and your then hand. you just stroke it with you with the opposite hand. hand. Okay. Notice how that feels. Mm -hmm. Flip your hand. So that's an adult going through life. Flip your hand over. Okay. So it's palm up, and now touch it the same way. Do you feel the sensitivity and the difference? Mm -hmm. So that's how our children feel versus how we feel. Right. Just to, just to give you a, a concept of well, what are you know what's the difference? And so I use that a lot uh, when I was working with parents and talking to parents about illustrating the differences in the sensitivities. So you talk about you know how children's intuition is heightened and how as we grow and, and change through life, our intuition sort of gets suppressed, which means that we may be missing some of the signs um, that our kids are actually freaking out um, without them actually showing you know, very uh, overt signs of it, we may be missing this more subtle cues. So what are some of those symptoms and signs that we should be watching for? There's, there's so many of them. So in our younger folks, littler folks, um, you're looking for what I call tummy troubles. Um, you're looking for headaches. You're looking for feelings of nausea. You're looking for changes in sleeping. You're looking for changes in eating. Um, you know, are they eating more? Are they eating less? Um, you're looking at uh, social isolation. So are they socially isolating themselves? You know, are they not wanting to come out? Are they not wanting to go to school? Well, right now we don't have to worry about that. But, <laughs> you know, um, those are some of the presenting symptoms, I would say, you know, in the, in the younger children. Lots of headaches, and kids typically don't have headaches. Um, so that's something to watch for. Tummy troubles might be nausea, vomiting, um, or feelings like they're going to, or going to the bathroom. So mm -hmm. when they're presented with a situation they feel stressed about, they will be pooping more. Yeah. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, as an adult, I'm having that right now. Like, I'm just, it's, this is how, you know, it, it manifests physically. Uh, for all of us, right? So it's, yeah. it's being aware of it in kids for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for for the older crowd, um, it's a little harder to detect uh, because they've learned, and I'm thinking like the 13 and over crowd. They're, okay. They like to hide the, a lot of things, right? right. Like they, they like to go off in their social circles and Mm -hmm. do things over there and, and they can't go off in their social circles right now yeah. which is also creating some unique challenges right oh yeah oh yeah i've got some ideas about that for okay. people who have older folks because we're coming up with all sorts of stuff here here in my house on what we can do to hang out together um but what you really want to notice in your teenager is is changes in behavior um and and there they can be subtle changes in behavior they can be large changes in behavior, but social isolation is one of them. Uh, you know, refusing to do things that they normally would do. Uh, you know, um, they may be having sleep disruptions as well. Food might be different. You know, I know as a teenager, when I got upset, I wouldn't eat, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I would hide that. So, you know, there's that kind of thing. Again, the headache thing, the stomach thing, maybe, but they'll keep that a, a lot of that to themselves. So, um, you know, one of the things I was just reviewing an article that I wrote years ago about this kind of thing is to really do check-ins with those teenagers and, um, you know, so how you doing? Mm -hmm. Don't talk. 
Yeah, you know, I've, I've been doing that the last few days with my kids. And um, I mean, we're only a, a few days into this self-isolation. And um, so, you know, just I, I find for starters, the first, first thing they're doing, which is unusual, is they're seeking me out in the house. Normally, they're avoiding me. <laughs> but I find that they want to spend some time with me now, which is um, different. Um, and then, you know, just casually, just I would just turn to them and say, how are you? How are you feeling about all of this? And, and then I just wait for the answer. Uh, so far, I feel it's a lot to process again for them, but I feel like they're probably doing okay with this, but it's important to keep checking in, right? Keep checking in. Do your temperature check, as we say. Not your physical temperature, but yeah. what's going on in the household. Um, and, and, you know, I, I often, because I have, I'm parenting a 20-year-old son. And, uh, you know, my approach with him is different. Because he, he and I are like totally in tune intuitively. So he's the one who used to burst through the door and say, what's wrong? You know? Um, so with him, I ask how his friends are doing. Yeah, that's how's interesting. How's everybody doing with this? You yeah. Know? Is everybody okay with this? Because they're talking amongst themselves. They're sharing content and thoughts and emotions amongst themselves. So I always ask, so, so I don't talk about him directly, but how are your friends doing with all this? Anybody losing their mind? Oh, good. You know? Yeah, uh, tell really, them I say... I like that you say that because, you know, that is something that I, I mean, maybe I was doing and didn't know I was doing correctly, but I do do that a lot. And I find that oftentimes what comes out is really how they're feeling. Yep. Yep. Or here's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know? And with my son... The, the, you know, the world famous thing with every teenager is to talk to them while you're driving. Mm-hmm. No eye contact. Well, you know, in, in this age of social distancing and um, self-isolation, you can still go for a drive. You are still in your bubble. So mm-hmm. go for a nice actual Sunday drive, uh, which we can actually do still. And, um, and that's a good way to get them talking. So I agree. Yeah. And, you know, and, and luckily... Uh, and one of the other things I wrote too uh, years ago at this at this article was like, if your child, because not everybody's a verbal person, how about writing them a note? Mm-hmm. I do that all the time, and I shove them under their pillow. And my son, it was so funny. I did this. I just told him how proud I was of him when he graduated high school and got into his work field, and da 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 da. And um, I just stuck it there. I found a card. I stuck it there. And I hear from the other room, yo, ma, thanks. <laughs> I went, all right. Yeah. Good job, mama. Good job, mama. <laughs> okay. So let's move on a little bit here. So we're talking about keeping chaos at bay um, in a child's life, which is super hard uh, considering all of the chaos globally. Uh, how do we tamp that down a little bit and um, keep the chaos uh, at bay in our own homes, maybe in our own street, uh, in our small circles right now? So lots, lots we can do. Turn off the news. Big one. If you've got little squirts in your space, turn off the news. Um, and build your kid into the process of what you're going to do. So a lot of times parents will make decisions on their children's behalf what I'm suggesting is they want to feel like they're part of the family. So maybe you're going to do some, uh, you know, 
reworking a child's room, really distracting them with other things you can be doing while you're under this isolation period. Um, you know, I joked with somebody, I think I'm going to buy some cans of paint, go in with my mask on, and I'm going to redo my bedroom. Well, why not? Spring cleaning, I see that, you know? I like that you say this because I was joking about this the other day, saying that when I am stressed or when I am, you know, uh, feel like my life is out of control, I clean. And for me, it gives me a sense of control. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that you say that because giving your children a sense of control in their own lives, uh, albeit they're small, sort of our window is small right now, but giving them that sense of control will empower them and, and I think give them some stability. Well, isn't it interesting right now as I peruse through Facebook that parents are writing up their child's schedule for school? Yeah. Without consulting the child. Mm-hmm. I always like to ask kids stuff. I've asked my own kids. I always talk I was like a facilitative parent. I didn't direct anything. I was, I was busy doing my own stuff, and I knew they were busy wanting to do their own stuff. So I'd say, okay, so we're gonna, you're, today you're responsible for, this, for the schedule. Yeah. Really, we're, really this is summer. <laughs> Think about this as a break. We're looking at it as, oh, my gosh. We're not looking at it as, wee, family time. Holy Hannah, we can all get together and hang out. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that parent has to work and that parent has to work. Okay, well, when they're doing their designated work schedules, you know, or they have their designated work schedules, what can we be doing? Ooh, okay. We, we still have the internet. Yes. We still have YouTube. There's lots of cool videos and science experiments and lots of things to do that we can get our kids involved in this process of learning. And if you know anything about unschooling, do you know anything about unschooling? I've, I've heard, yes. I mean, I'm not, I don't know all of the ins and outs of it, but I'm familiar with unschooling. Uh, it's a lot of self-directed learning and yeah. not necessarily um, structured as in, uh, textbook time. It's more yeah. just exploring and hands-on learning about life and the yes. world and how things work. Yes. You know, and, and depending on the child, children want to contribute to this, to what's going on. So let's ask them, how would you like to contribute? Some people might want to um, you know, make things for people maybe that have that can't leave, like that are socially isolated. So maybe they're going to do something. Maybe they have a community project idea. You know, maybe they want to raise money for doing something. So they're going to create something and sell it. All of these concepts are learning, right? Right. And right. it's life learning. So I, I, it's funny now as I'm sitting here reflecting about this, thinking about this, you know, when you're saying you're seeing all these schedules going by with parents putting the schedules on, that is the parents trying to control the situation, which is giving them comfort, but not necessarily the child comfort. So we have to find some middle ground. Structure is important. It gives us a sense of belonging. It gives us a sense of stability. So we do need structure, but we have to remember to include the child in creating the structure. Yes. And we don't. We're making decisions on their behalf all the time. Right. And that's, I, and I'm not saying go rogue and let them do anything they want. Please right. don't do that. 
<laughs> they need boundaries and parameters within which to function, <laughs> depending on their age. Yeah. But they have great ideas. Mm -hmm. They have great thoughts. They are inventing things. They are little sparks of joy. And we got to look at that and we got to capture those sparks of joy and not cloud them with what's going on around us now. Yeah, I really like that. And I think, you know, we are in, I mean, we've heard this expression a lot in the last uh, week, especially is uncharted waters. Yeah. Uh, so now is a good time to test new things in your house, you know, um, see how it works. Because when we come out on the other side, what we want is we want um, resilient humans walking you out. You bet. And if we are not resilient, mm -hmm. we won't have resilient children. Number one role model in a child's life is the same sex parent, followed by the next parent or the co-parent. Funny, I remember, you know, because I, I mean, as you know, from my personal experience, I'm going through a divorce. It's been quite contentious. It hasn't been that good. There's been a lot going on in my life. And I remember sitting in my therapist's office in the fall, just, you know, having a great big cry. And one of the most um, amazing moments for me with her was she said to me, Candace, if your children see you okay, they will be okay. Yeah. And so and, it's important to remember that as a parent, you know, you're really modeling right now mm -hmm. for your children what they need. And you know what? If you're feeling overwhelmed, it's okay to tell them mm -hmm. in, yes. in language that's appropriate for them. You know what? I'm feeling a little overwhelmed right now. Raise your hand if you're feeling a little overwhelmed. Okay. Yay. Yeah. They need to see because when we release tears, it actually has a function. It's actually releasing stress hormones mm -hmm. when we cry. Different tears are different output, if I can say that. Yeah, so when we're, stressed, right? when we're stressed out, our tears actually have stress hormones in them. That's good. So we naturally have to process these emotions. There's no such thing as bad emotions or good emotions. We are the gambit of all emotions. Mm -hmm. And so our kids need to say, see that we can go through these trying situations, have a little emotional breakdown and say, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. And sometimes we hide a lot from our kids, but they are detectives, man. They're emotion detectives. They know <laughs> what's watching, going on watching everything we're doing we're watching okay so you say that there are four considerations uh for calm kids so let's go through them one at a time first one is well how are we sleeping i'm going to start with that one first yeah it's important lots of research coming out now on the importance of sleep. They actually say that sleep and water are the two necessities of life. Sorry, Maslow over there. Yeah. Um, you know, but sleep is so important. It's so important because it helps us to regenerate. We need that time to regenerate our tissues um, to uh, it's, so what did I read? That if, if we get the right amount of sleep and we are actually 
not consuming food during that time, we're doing a natural detox every single night. Mm-hmm. I'm totally digging that because I want to wake up with wrinkle-free skin. It's not <laughs> happening. I'm getting good sleep, man. What? Uh- well, you know, you know, one of the one of the things I learned actually uh, this year, you know, taking my uh, as I work towards my psychology degree is is um, the importance of sleep as to process information. Uh, you know, when we're studying, but it's also important to just to process all the information we are taking in on a daily basis. Right now, um, the sleep allows us to sort of um, figure that all out in our minds. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because our dreams, of course, are our back end brain, yeah. <laughs> you know, processing all the trauma, which is why I'm having a lot of strange dreams right now. Um, but that allows our, that part of our brain to just like do its work, do its natural thing. And so sleep is really important. And, you know, when you didn't have sleep, probably when you had a new infant, uh, or maybe even recently, in light of everything, the difference it makes yeah. in how you show up in this world. And it's important our kids sleep just as much uh, or, or as well as we are. And when you get into the teen years, that's a difficult one to navigate. But it'll be really interesting to see right now, <coughs> excuse me, whether or not uh, well, how our kids are sleeping, like our teens are sleeping, because I know there's a lot of sleep deprived teens, which contribute to the anxious behaviors. And their, and their schedule is flipped too, right? Like yes. Bed later, sleep later. Um, so should we be, should we be okay with this for, you know, just speaking to the teen group specifically right now? I mean, I think it'll be fairly easy to keep younger kids on, you know, going to bed early and getting up early, but teens they tend to want to push their night owls. And as we're in sort of these uncertain times with no real need to be out of the house by 8 a.m. or 9, are we okay to let them stay up later and sleep later? What do you think? How should we manage that? I think let's let them sleep as long as they're getting the consecutive number of hours that are required for optimal health. Let them do it. You know, um, I think this is important for all of us. I think we need to be sleeping in. I think we really need to be doing our own health checks. Okay, I have been sleeping so soundly since all of this happened. I don't get it. I'm like doing like eight or nine hours a night. And I'm waking up going, oh, I could actually go for another nap. Wow. (laughs) Well, it's funny, you know, I wonder when we look back at the psychology of all of this and the effect it had on us. I have to tell you, when I was, so at the beginning of this week, I was supposed to go to Toronto. I told you this earlier. I was supposed to drive down on this um, on the Monday. And on Sunday night, I was awake all night. Uh, the implications of having guests in the studio was weighing on me. I knew there were shutdowns coming. It just, it was really stressing me out. And so about 3.30 in the morning, I made the call uh, to not go. And immediately, the pain in my stomach went away, right? And, the, uh, the, and this relief sort of washed over me. And so that day, I went out. I got you know, some final groceries because I was made the decision we were going to self-isolate. Uh, went out, got some final groceries. And it was funny. When I closed that door, I felt calm. I felt like I'd made the right decision and 
you know, you, we're all, we truly all are in this together. We just have to sort of go with it. Yeah. There's no choice. Right. Right. So when you're forced to self-isolate, you better have a darn good, fine time in there. <laughs> and I guess let the kids sleep, sleep if want. And eat home-cooked foods and enjoy each other's company. I mean, this is my dream. Yeah. As someone who's worked with families, I've been begging for this. Maybe it's my fault. <laughs> no, don't put that out there. Uh, but, you know, this is my dream. Yay. I'm watching families walking their dogs. Yes. You know, I'm watching parents and children together. You know, I'm watching people outside. Yay. Like, this is my dream. I want now, there's some silver lining in here, right? Like, yes. you know, we live in this I'm too busy culture and suddenly we're not too busy. And now we have the time to focus on um, the people that really matter. What's really important. Mm -hmm. What's really important. Okay. And to me, what's really important is your health and your family's health and well-being, um, your happiness and your connectedness. Those three things, if you've got that, you have the world, the world is your oyster because you're coming at it, especially for the kids, of a foundation that is super strong. And yeah, I you know, I, I saw a Bob Marley quote the other day um, that I just, I just loved. It, it just, it resonated so true to me. And it said, um, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Yes. And it just, it my, it, the tears in my eyes welled up because I thought, right, I do. And so when I closed that door to self-isolate, I thought, I have everything I need right here with me. Yeah. And that, that is the important thing and to be grateful for that. You know? And I watched my mother um, pass away last year. Mm. And it was in that moment of those moments, those precious few months I had with her in the hospital with my daughter. And the three women coming together, three generations, and we were laughing and, you know, just I knew how important it was, I might tear up, uh, for the three of us to be in that space together, sharing stories, laughing, throwing all the males out of the space, and really coming together as these this powerful triad, you know, and she said beautiful things to my daughter and she said beautiful things to my son when he went there. And, you know, th that was all that mattered to me. Nothing else. I didn't care about my social media presence. I didn't care about the work that I was doing. And what was interesting is the work that I was doing kept flowing in. Mm -hmm. without me having to do anything. And I went, isn't that interesting? I'm focused on this, which is really important. My energy is shifted and yet my business is still going. How is that possible? And a friend of mine who's highly intuitive, who you probably know, Esther Bark, you said, you're in the flow, Laurel, the mm -hmm. flow of life. Right. This is how all, it's I think we're all finding ourselves. We're all in the flow and we're in this magical time. Um, it's serious. Of course it's serious, but we're in this magical time of rethinking our connectivity and really understanding how connected we are globally. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what I say. Like I, when we reflect back on this, because we will get through this, we will resume, resume, you know, 
a normal existence at some point. And when we do get on the other side of that, I think a lot of us are going to look back on this time and say, remember, remember that and what it meant to us. It's going to change how we interact going forward. And I think on a much more meaningful level, at least I hope so. And isn't it brilliant that our children get to witness this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so brilliant. And it reminds me of times of war when I've talked to people and I, you know, my mom, my mom and dad were born in 1936 and they were born born post-war and um, you know, the stories that they shared of not having enough, Mm -hmm. not having enough, you know? And so I think that's, you know, we're, we're watching people hoard. We have so much and they thrived not having enough and we're scared and we hoard. Mm-hmm. We have enough. Yeah. You know, if your neighbor came to your door and said, I don't have any food, you would be making them a meal. Absolutely. You know that. <laughs> your kids would be going around finding clothing. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So that's not true. Right. Although the toilet paper situation is a bit redonkulous. <laughs> yes. Yeah, stop hoarding toilet paper, people. We're good. I don't get that. <laughs> Okay, so we, I think we covered, so we said good food is important for, yes. for all age groups. Uh, great sleep is important, and we're going to let go of under what timelines, because, you know, timelines sort of don't exist Doesn't right matter. now. And um, uh, outdoor play. Yeah, getting outside. Wow. We have, I mean, all the research is coming down, uh, you know, about getting outside. Uh, you know, there's jokes, and I don't know whether they're true or not, that the doctors are writing prescriptions for their patients saying, get outside. Mm-hmm. Connecting to nature is extremely therapeutic. Walking on the ground barefoot is extremely therapeutic. Um, I just watched, <coughs> excuse me, a documentary film on uh, fantastic fungi because I'm a little bit of a mushroom freak. And so, you know, really about the med- medicinal things. But as we walk, our feet pick up spores and it's important for our well-being. So like there's all sorts of magical healing things that happen emotionally, physically, and spiritually when we are outside. And I've had people say, well, my kids don't like to go outside. And it's amazing. As soon as their kids get outside, they're gone because mm-hmm. they're exploring. There's a sense of freedom about being outside and playing and playing together. You know, yeah, I think um, we're going to see more of it. I think again, everybody's scared and isolating themselves. And it, but you know, because I noticed this morning, I go every morning on a walk with my dog. I well, I take my dog three times a day, but we do a long one in the morning. It's about three, four k, and I didn't see a single soul this morning on that walk, and that is eerie, and mm-hmm. weird. We we do really need to be forcing ourselves outside. Uh, we can wave to each other and say hello. Uh, which will give us a sense of community again, um, you know, and it's good for the soul to be out. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there are two elderly ladies that walk every morning and we run into them. And there they are. Coronavirus. Yeah. And they're laughing because their children are freaking out. Mm-hmm. But they're in their 80s and they're like, okay, everybody just needs to calm down because they've been through many of these types of scenarios and they know what they need to do and what they don't need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not outside is not going to hurt anybody. It's no, it's, it, it's, such, it's so beneficial, you know, um, for, for everything. It's beneficial for everything. And, you know, playing outside 
is, is huge. So getting outside, but actually playing outside. I'm hoping that families are re- reacquainting themselves with play. Play is so important for our psychosocial development as humans, as adults. You know, it helps us with creativity. It helps us with our work. It helps us with so many things, so many aspects of our lives. We've forgotten how to play. Mm-hmm. And there's that RV company that's going out and, and talking about play now. I love their ads. Oh, I'm sorry. I just did a product placement. <laughs> it's okay. I don't, think I, I don't think anybody's going to go in out buying an RV right now. <laughs> I don't know. I might. I might go live in it. <laughs> Travel around. Run away from, the, from what's going on. No, I'm just kidding. But I do. Okay, so I, that's I, what we need. We need good food, lots of play, yeah. great sleep, and outdoor time. So these are yeah. sort of our four considerations to keep our kids calm and, yeah. by extension, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I'm a big advocate of mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. You know, uh, I used to think meditation was sort of this hippy dippy thing that I could never do and I'd never get grasp. And honestly, the meditation has been um, profound for me in helping me get through the last sort of two years of my life. And the, one of the things I always tell people, it's not when I'm sitting on the mat that meditation matters. It's when I'm walking around the rest of the day that that reminder to breathe and to just be in the moment is really most impactful. Yes. And um, if I may, my Hoberman sphere, great tool to have. I have a few of them. But for breath work. Okay. So we'll have to, so what's that, what's that called again so we can find it on Amazon? A, Ho- a Hoberman sphere. Okay, They're great. Great. Great, okay. great, great. Not that I want to give Amazon a big plug right now, but I think that's the only place people are going to be getting stuff. So if you can find one of those online, it's a great yeah. uh, breathing tool. I, li- I love that, actually. Yeah, and, it, and it's great for kids, too, mm-hmm. uh, just to remind them. And, I mean, it is a mathematical thing, and there's all sorts of things you can use it for. But I took a course on mindfulness, um, and that was one of the tools. And I have to say something really funny here. I know this is about kids, but Deepak Chopra, I went to hear him speak in Toronto a couple of years ago. And he literally said, the fountain of youth is meditation. You want to be younger. You want to look younger, feel younger. Your body go, get younger, get the fountain of youth is meditation. And everybody in the audience was like, oh, okay. I'm sure they're all out meditating. Botox, people. It's meditation. Meditation. I love it's it. meditation. And, and really being fully present. And there's some great, tools and and things online meditations online there's apps there's all sorts of stuff out there that you can access for free to help you i don't like guided meditations i like japanese meditation music don't ask me why but the sound just makes me trundle undle off into a world where i feel free this is the time though now, right? We, we are in self-isolation. We have time. So now's the time to explore, try different types of meditation. It's all accessible. Lots of places are offering their services for free right now, uh, which mm-hmm. is a great, um, that feels like a, a really nice thing for everybody to do. It's sort of that acknowledgement of we truly are all in it together. So take advantage of those free offers yes. and try things out when you're at home. 
yoga, meditation, uh, musicians are coming online and, and singing to us. And uh, the, one of the opera companies is offering opera. I mean, there's so much right now. The museums in the States are, I think, I don't know if it's happening here, but they're offering free tours of what's going on. Come on. We have so much content that we can do as a family. I just shared on, I just shared on my Life in Pleasantville uh, Facebook page, uh, there is a live streaming of puppies nursing. It's, it's, it's just a live stream of these puppies. It's just the cutest thing. So there's all kinds of great stuff out there. It's finding it. It's sharing it, uh, sharing with our communities and obviously with our children. Yeah. Absolutely. And how fun. How, fu how much fun can we have during this time? Somebody predicted that there's going to be a lot of babies born nine months from now. Yeah, the quarantinis, they called them. Oh. Were they called the quarantinis? Yes, the quarantinis. And I, I thought that was the drink that people were making that they were drinking while they were under that's quarantine. That's a good one, too. The quarantines, that's what it was. When they become teenagers, they'll be the quarantines. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Well, you know, I remember the blackout. There were quite a few babies born after the blackout. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. I think all right. So, we know people are doing st other stuff, too. Yeah, well, that's for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Laurel, thank you so much for joining me today. This was very, very helpful. So, people can find you at laurelcrosley.com. Mm -hmm. They can find you on Twitter at Laurel Wellness, correct? Yes. And Instagram? Uh, Instagram. I think I'm just Laurel Crossley on Instagram. Perfect. Like, look at that. Like, like my social streams. What am I? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I, I think people are going to be seeking you out right now. So I really, really appreciate your time. Um, awesome. and we'll have you back again soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars. The one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. <laughs>